this summer we're bringing you double koi gig. You know what happened? It was that we stopped talking and then people went down and that, that was the I problem. I needed the motivation of you slagging me every week to get good results and just imploded without that. Subscribe to the OTB Koi Gig pod on the OTB Sports app now. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. I believe we are joined by Emma Burnell. Good morning, Emma. Good morning. How are you? What time the world of where you are? It is 10 to 9. We're an hour ahead. You are in Spain. I am in Barcelona, yes. Beautiful. Tell me about this tournament. They, I, so I was looking at like the, the, the kind of um, expectations last night. It's actually very, very open in terms of like four or five, maybe even six teams you give a realistic chance to. England starting in front of massive, massive support against Austria. Northern Ireland involved as well. See that brilliant Swedish team that we all know so well from Ireland's World Cup qualifiers. This is a great time to be alive for, for, women's, sport, for women's football. Absolutely. And it's definitely something that I'm I'm looking forward to this year. And um, it's just been getting better and better every year. And, you know, this year, I feel like it's it's even it's even more exciting because of the fact it's so open. Can't really pinpoint any particular team to win it because there are so many teams. And, you know, everybody usually would go for the likes of Germany or whatnot after them, you know, holding the title so many times. But um, it's uh, it's definitely open play for everyone, and I think it's going to be an absolutely brilliant tournament. How much is home advantage an advantage? You think? I think it's a massive thing, particularly for for England, as you know the sport has been growing so much, and they've been building the momentum up to this. I mean, they've been basically planning for this for the last three years and, and they've been doing a great job. And you know, the crowds have been picking up at the, at the home games in the WSL. And I think they're going to be, they're absolutely packed out. As you know, they're, they're selling out the, the stadiums, few complaints that they're not playing in the, in the bigger stadiums. And I just think it's going to be great. You know, everybody's supporting England in England, obviously, and, and they're going to be there, you know, at the games, building that atmosphere. And I think it's going to be a fantastic uh, atmosphere all around. Yeah, I think Boris Johnson probably needs some feel good vibes. Uh, he, he might he might like, latch himself on uh, <laughs> what, what, what's going on. Um, and it's just, I guess, like this is a probably a chance him as well for people who do, don't necessarily watch like women's football day in day out. They get a chance now because th- you can't escape this. It's going to be on your TV screens. You're going to get wrapped up in it. And like the progress that like women's football has made in recent years, this surely brings it on to another level again. Yeah, it does. And it does every year. And I just think that the fact it's in England as well, you know, supposedly the home of football and um, the FA are, you know, they've pumped so much money into it, um, into the league, into the national team. I just think it's it's perfect timing for women's football. And women's football is at that point where it's just gaining so many supporters it's very visual it's it's in everyone's houses at the moment and it just is going to kick on from this I think it's going to be just absolutely massive and as you said I think people who haven't watched it that much before I think it's going to gain even more supporters and you know just even walking around I was in Manchester last week in um, in by Manchester City Stadium and just the, the advertisements, they've posters of all the different players just when you're driving up the main street up to the, the city campus. And it's just already the, the atmosphere is brilliant. And 
they're doing a great job. They 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 really are advertising it. Yeah. Yeah, and no, all like if 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 say Northern Ireland are involved, if like uh, Vera Powell's team was involved in this, I I think there'd be massive massive interest uh, in the Republic and like as you say like about Tala the 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 growth of Tala Stadium. A lot of the chat last night was about like the women's internationals in Tala and how cool that has become and the relationship between the players and like the fans in Tala and obviously. We, we we can cheer on like Northern Ireland or whoever in this tournament, but like this would be massive at Ireland qualified. It would, it would, and it, it's what we need. Really, we need to qualify for a major tournament to to kick on from where we are. And um, you know, it's it's in a good place at the moment. Uh, we've got a really nice fan base. When you go to the games, there's a really nice feeling and. Mm really feel like the fans are, are are behind them but qualifying for a major tournament is on a different level and you know it's you know success breeds interest and and we need to build that and for us to do that we do need to kick on and qualify and that's pressure on the girls and they, they realize that as well you, you mentioned england there a moment ago emma and i think that's kind of like a, a perfect example of of pressure and how hype has got to teams in the past when it comes to their men's teams. Is there any danger that that becomes the case with their women's team this summer? And even just when it comes to expectation, like if you're looking across the previews ahead of the tournament, there's a lot of people picking this team out as potential winners. Like all of the Guardians writers, bar one, are predicting that England will reach this final. I think when you look at the last couple of years going out and getting Serena Beegman in to succeed, Phil Neville looks like an outstanding piece of forward planning and kind of a, a note of intention that they're out to, to win this tournament. How does that balance itself out with the, the expectation that is obviously going to hit fever pitch over these next few weeks? Yeah, I mean, it, it is pressure. It's pressure for the team themselves that they're able to handle that pressure. That's what they're there for. And, you know, it's, uh, I don't know who said, I think it was Billy G. Billy G. King that said that it's a privilege uh, to, to be under that pressure type of thing. Um you know, it's typ- it is typical of the of you know the press, the English press, to build them up, and um, hopefully, hopefully they will uh, succeed because I think that has a knock on effect for Irish football as well because we're so close to them and we channel into their their TV and their media, and um, so I'm hoping they do do well uh, for our sakes as well. Um, but it is a lot of pressure for them. And, you know, being at home, it, it is an advantage and they're going to enjoy that and in the atmosphere and in the stadiums. But it is more pressure. And I know personally, I preferred playing away from home, just being away from my my usual surroundings so I can really focus. So some of the girls will enjoy playing at home and then others would have thrived playing away from home. But uh, that's normal. That's all in the game. And, you know, these girls have been playing a very long time. They have a lot of support behind them. They know how to deal with it. They have psychologists um, coming into the tournament. And, of course, they're physically in shape. So now it's just about how they perform mentally. And um, they've worked on that a lot, the, the English girls particularly. Do you expect any curveballs in terms of how they approach this competition? Like Emma was just saying off air that Leah Williamson, for example, actually plays as a midfielder for England as opposed to the centre-back that we probably are more familiar with her playing for Arsenal. Does Wiegmann tend to mix things up when it comes to their club position when they put on the white of England? Um, I, I definitely think Leah would be the one that she's not sure of where to play. I think Wiegmann is... I'm not sure if she knows her, her first 11, which is a little bit um, would be kind of worrying. But 
Leah playing in midfield just gives the midfield that extra, you know, solidarity, the 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 defence in midfield. I think she's very, very good in there. They need a very good holding midfielder because of the midfielders they have, very attacking minding. Um, so they need that anchor midfielder. Um, however, it, going into a big tournament and you're not playing in that position week in, week out is really difficult and you do get found out against these big teams. So... Uh, it's a really difficult decision for her. And personally, I wouldn't put Leah Will- Williamson in midfield in that holding role just because she doesn't play in there week week in, week out. Um, it's really difficult because they don't actually have a great player to, to, to play in there and they've got fantastic attacking midfielders. So, um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw her in there as, as the holding midfielder, but basically she'd be playing as as a third centre-back and she'd be sitting right in front of those who, whoever she decides to play centre-back as well, which is another decision. Yeah, I mean, let's cut to the chaser in terms of the groups and uh, expectations. So England, Austria, Norway, Northern Ireland, Group 1. Uh, Kenny Shields, Northern Ireland boss, obviously, ex-Derry City in the League of Ireland. Um, with lots of uh, interest there in terms of cheering him on. Uh, England raging hot favourites in the first game tonight. You can imagine the, the atmosphere uh, in front of 70,000 fans. Is this a question of England England winning the group and what finishes second, or how do you weigh it up? Um, I think, well, Norway actually are my team that I think uh, are going to be quite dangerous and, mm. and the team that we're not talking about enough. Um, so I actually think Norway are going to top this group. Um, I think it's going to be a battle up there for Norway and England. Uh, fortunately, I don't think Northern Ireland are going to challenge them. Um, just because it's their first tournament and the lack of experience and etc. Um, but I actually think Norway are, are going to do really, really well in this tournament. I think they've players going into the tournament that are, are on form. As you know, Ada Hegerberg has come back. She was absolutely excellent in the Champions League final and, and seems to have a, a point to prove, or she looks like she does. Um, so I actually think Norway are going to be the surprise team in this tournament. And I think England are really going to struggle against them. How good is Hegerberg? She's she's excellent. I mean, she's just a fantastic forward. And for me, it was a shame that we haven't seen her in the last few years. And it's something that, you know, we want to see the best players on, at the tournaments. And obviously she was she was fighting for a cause that um, we know very, very well. Um, but it's great to see her back. And I wasn't sure how she was going to return because it's really difficult. Plus, she was coming back from a, a very serious injury and a lot of knockbacks in that injury. Um, but in the Champions League final, you know, she was just completely on fire. Her work rate was phenomenal. She was that the the the, the fox in the box uh, type of player. She still has that. Uh, she's very very sharp. And of course, playing with players with the the Norway with their attacking team with Brighton and and Graham Hansen, she's going to get a lot of balls in that area, and she's the player that you want in there to to put them away. So, yeah, I think Norway are going to do really really well. So you're predicting Norway first, England second in that group. Yes, pretty yes. much. A lot of people won't agree with that, but I probably won't be liked very much. But uh, that's that's the way I see it. So the, the big news in Group B is the Pateas uh, injury, which, um, so this is a massive blow for Spain. Germany, Denmark, S- Spain, Finland, which presumably is something of a group of death here. 
yeah, I mean, as soon as the draw, the, they were drawing those names out, I was like, oh, that's, that's the group you don't want to be in. I mean, Germany, it doesn't matter what form they're in. They're in a bit of a transitional period at the moment, but you never write them off. They're still really difficult. They're very physical and direct and, and definitely going to cause Spain a problem. The fact Alexia Puteas is injured is a massive, massive blow for Spain. Obviously, the Ballon d'Or winner, She's a fantastic midfield player. She's basically the engine of the Spanish team. They're they're going to be a, a little bit different, you know. And does it, did it change the way they're play? They play now like slightly because she's not there, or do they stick to their principles? No, they, they'll they'll stick to their principles. But when you have a player in there that links up the defense and the and the forward players like the way Alexia does and the type of style that they play, it's really important to have that player. But it just, for me, it depends on who Jordi Vilda actually puts in there. And I think that's going to be a manager's decision can, can make or break that. And I really hope that he makes the right decision because, again, Spain are in that cusp, that, that, that moment where they need to kick on as a national team as well. And uh, there's only one player that can play in there for me, and, and that has to be Elia Chandri, which you might not know. But um, she actually has signed for Man City this year. Mm-hmm. She's a centre back, a little a bit similar to Leah Williamson, as in centre back, and she pushes into midfield sometimes when the Spanish team are short of that holding midfield place. But she's an excellent, excellent holding midfielder as well. And I just think if she plays in there, it allows Bon Matti um, to push on, which is very, very important for Spain. Whereas if they put the likes of Claudia Pina in there, who's an attacking player. Juan Maddy has to drop back. Um, and that's that's a massive loss as well. So you're talking about two big gaps in the Spanish midfield. Whereas if you put a Chandri in there, it allows the, the attacking players to stay higher up, which I think is very, very important for the way the Spanish team play. So Spain start off uh, at 5pm in a couple of days' time at Stadium MK against Finland. What's the vibes like actually over there? Like, Is there much of a buzz around the, the, the Spanish team? Barcelona obviously being quite unique in that regard, but like, uh, is there much interest in terms of locally for this, Emma? Yeah, I mean... The, the football over here is is like religion. Everybody everybody supports them. Um, I, I remember I was teaching a 72-year-old woman and I just happened to ask a football question. This is English, by the way, not football. And she knew everything, <laughs> everything about the, the Barca team, the, the national team. I was like, this is so impressive. So everybody is behind the team. Everybody's very um, educated in football over here. But the fact that Alexia, who is there, they call the queen over here, is injured is is a big, you know, it's, there's a sadness type of thing going on over here and um, a real disappointment. And I think uh, the hopes of, of winning kind of lied with Alexia as, as, you know, the best player in the world. And there's some doubts for sure on social media and just chatting to, to the neighbours and stuff like that. That's all they're talking about is is the injury. Yeah, football is to Spain what Gaelic football is to carry on. <laughs> that's a fair point. So what, what, what did, Potatoes got injured in, in a training session, which probably increases the, the frustration over there a little bit as well, I, I'd assume, Emma. Yeah, I mean, they do question the Spanish manager and the decision he makes, and now they're questioning the 
the the period periodization of training and but you can't protect players like that you can't wrap them up in cotton wool and knowing Alexia there was no way you could ask her to sit out at training or relax because that's not her her personality well can you imagine like Brian Cody telling like telling the Kenny lads in training like don't get injured because you've a game club it doesn't work like that <laughs> no it doesn't but you know some players do you know, stand off a little bit or they might take it a bit easier, particularly the day before the, the, the tournament starts. But Alexia's not that type of player and that's why she's one of the best. She is the best in the world. Um, but it's just such a shame one day before the girl doesn't get injured. She turned up for the 2000, uh, last year's Champions League final with a knee issue and uh, probably shouldn't have played but got strapped up maybe got an injection and um, was probably the player of the match. So when I heard she got injured, I was like, I wouldn't believe it. Or I was, I didn't think it was as serious um, because it happened last year in the Champions League. Obviously it wasn't as bad of an injury, but um, yeah, when they showed the video of her coming out and, and the fact she couldn't put any weight on it at all, uh, this was before they said it was an ACL injury. I just thought, no, that's it. It's It's serious. It's not good. She's not going to be playing in this tournament. Group C, um, which looks possibly a shootout between Netherlands and Sweden, uh, Switzerland and Portugal also in it. Lots of Irish interest here. This is a brilliant, brilliant Swedish team. I think a lot of people will fancy them to win it outright. How do we go? Yeah, I mean, Sweden are just, again, it's a team that were in transition three years ago and have come out the other side and are just looking extremely good, extremely fit. The players themselves individually are on top form which is very important going into a tournament um, and I think that they are, are extremely dangerous um, however when I watched them play against Ireland at home in, in uh, Tala Stadium I was going to say Richmond Park that would bring me back a long time <laughs> um, they didn't seem to have a plan B and, and Ireland did very very well defensively against them and I feel like if a team sets up well against Sweden and, and well defensively and can stop um, the, the likes of Blackstenius running in behind I think that Sweden struggle a little bit and you know I know they got to the Olympics finals and, and they did extremely well but I just think the Euros are a different kettle of fish and They've got a higher standard of team and, and more organised. And I think Sweden might struggle a little bit when they need to go to a plan B. Interesting. So they, they, it's Portugal Switzerland starts off the late sports village. Uh, that's in three days' time at 5pm. And then later that night, Holland, Sweden. What a massive game. Bramall Lane, uh, July 9th. Uh, so that's, the ter- that's three days from now as well, the second game. Um, that brings us to Group D, Belgium, Iceland, uh, France and Italy, uh, starting off the Academy Stadium, Belgium playing Iceland, 5 o'clock um, in, uh, in four days' time. So this is uh, this group's obviously t- taking place last. And another fascinating matchups here as well, Emma. Yeah, I mean, this is, this is France's group for me. Um, Belgium are, have done really well to qualify, watch them in a couple of friendlies, um, they're not going to trouble France with the, the team that the French have so strong, such an attacking team, uh, Belgium won't trouble them, Iceland, very resilient team, um, I think probably one of the best defensive teams uh, in the tournament so I think they might cause a problem, I don't think they're going to score many goals but they might ma- they'll make it difficult but again with a team like France that have the players that are extremely good in 1v1 situations and you know, we watch the, the likes of PSG. They can 
absolutely take you apart with their power and pace up front. I don't think uh, they're going to cause a big problem. Italy, however, again, another team that they show up one day and, and they look average and then the next day they look absolutely brilliant. It depends on their players and what mood they're in. If Bonsea plays well um, and is in form, I think the whole team decide that they can play well. So I think Italy might be the ones to cause a bit of a problem, but not much of a problem that, you know, it's going to hinder France's progress. I think France are going to pretty much walk on through that group. Finally, just part of you, a little bit envious you're not there? The what, sorry? Part of you, a little bit envious you're not there? <laughs> um, always. Always when I'm watching, it doesn't matter what, what tournament or what game I'm watching, I'm always envious I'm not on the pitch. However... Um, you know, it's it is time, as I said, for Ireland to qualify. I know the girls, they're so close, they're getting mm. closer and closer. And the fact that Northern Ireland have qualified, um, obviously we're supporting Northern Ireland, we want them to, to do really well, but it just brings home the fact that we're very, very close and we should be qualifying. It's hard uh for us not to be there and to be supporting for me to be supporting our girls. But you know, that time's gonna come and they just have to enjoy the tournament and enjoy the fact that women's football is is totally. becoming a, a massive thing. And uh, there's lots of support for them now to do that. Get the players abroad, get them playing in the WSL. And that's going to happen very soon. So finally and quickly, your top scorer in the tournament and your winner. Well, I... I'm going to go for Ada Hegerberg just for the fact that I do think Norway are going to, you know, progress and I think they're going to do extremely well. I think that Ada Hegerberg is going to be on the penalties as well, which for me is very important in this kind of tournament. But all in all, I think it's going to be France that take the tournament. Um, And I just, I think that they're just too powerful, a lot of pace. They've got uh, very strong players throughout the team very few weaknesses, which is important. And they have a squad that they can use throughout the tournament again, which is very important to to for the longevity of, of the success throughout going through the tournament. So France win at a Hegerberg, top goal scorer. Beautiful, Emma. Thanks a million and enjoy. Thank you very much. You too. Enjoy it. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. 